right. Well, here we are with a new episode of Hope Signals and a new series. This is 3D Living. We're going to be talking about discipline, diligence, and decisiveness. This uh, episode is going to be about d- discipline in the context of training and habits and that kind of thing. And uh, at the end of it, I'll talk about four ways that we can develop life-giving habits through discipline. But first, let me uh, thank all of you that positioned us financially uh, to get back on the road as soon as the prison doors opened in April. In all, we spent about seven months rolling around in our box. I call it life in the box. It's a nice box, a nicer box than we've ever had, but it is a box. And eventually it does get a little claustrophobic, but we were able to have a productive, very productive tour because of your faithful generosity to life on the verge. In all, since April, we conducted 23 music and ministry events in prisons, uh, all in Florida, because Florida was the first to open uh, for what we do, and they are already asking us to come back, so we'll be plotting and planning and fundraising and all that kind of stuff for our 2022 tour. Uh, we got a lot of catching up to do, a lot of maintenance, a lot of repairs, a lot of administrative work. Uh, the good infection needs to go out, the, the new shipment to 100 prisons across the country, so we've got a lot of work to do in the meantime, Uh, but thank you for helping us do that. We minister to thousands of inmates because of your faithfulness. When I say we, I mean together all of us participated in that. Uh, We ministered in eight church services, performed in four venues outside of church or prison. Uh, We released a full-length album this year with new songs that we were able to do uh, for the prisons that we went back to. We always like to do new stuff, so we get our backing tracks from uh, those albums you help us record. We uh, produced... Um, I, I got 26 podcasts. I think that's for the whole year, but you help us do that. You you provide the the time, the equipment, all the things it takes to put this podcast out there. And let me give a big shout out um, to all of you that encouraged me to continue the podcast. I'm going to be honest with you. When we were on the road, I was wearing thin, or as my friend Sherry Bratcher says, I was wearing slick. Um, and I looked at well, what's producing fruit? What's valuable? Where should I be putting my time? And I just kind of uh, didn't feel like the podcast. I I wasn't hearing from very many people, and and I was like, is this really making a difference? Is this is this worth the effort? And lo and behold, I I slacked off for a few weeks. And I ended up getting a number of emails, really encouraging emails from people kind of getting on my case about, hey, man, where's the podcast? Or, a matter of fact, one friend told me he's taking one of the series, that last series, Risk of Art, and he's going to be teaching his version of it uh, to folks in his church or sharing it with people in his church. And I thought, wow, okay, we, we need to get back on this. It keeps me on my toes, too. keeps me studying, uh, keeps me, you know, absorbing the principles and things I talk about. Also, you've you've helped us this year send out those three quarterly shipments so far of books, DVDs, music CDs, and such to 100 prisons from Florida to Alaska. And just as important, you're helping us to engage dozens of volunteers uh, at Hope Community Church in Hedgesville, West Virginia, who takes care of all of our duplication and shipping and all that. So thank you again for helping us stay on the road and in prison. Uh, We had a few minor setbacks on the road uh, this year. We did some damage to our RV, nothing traumatic, but it is going to require 
uh, it did require an insurance claim and it needs to go in the shops. So we'll be taking care of that. We got a lot of maintenance on our vehicles to do. A crashed hard, hard drive, uh, a pin on our mixer broke. You know, there's always those things, but we learned to adapt and overcome. And I'll, I'll talk a little more about that principle in a moment. Uh, let me give a shout out real quick. I want to do this. If you have a business, a ministry, something you'd like me to shout out, uh, just drop me a line. If you support Life on the Verge, um, we want to support you. We want you to prosper in what you're trying to do. Um, no one's asked me to do this. I just look at the businesses and ministries that support what we do, and I want to give them a shout out on these podcasts. Today, I want to talk about Gearbox Transmissions. If you live in the Richmond, Virginia area, Robert Dahl at Gearbox did us a solid. Um, he supports our ministry and our mission, and if you need transmission work, go see Robert. Tell him that we sent you 804-288-8726 gearboxva.com truly believe in his service they've put two transmissions in our vehicle in two different vehicles and they're running like a champ and they treated us so generously so let's get back to this idea of discipline that's what this episode is about discipline i love the modern definition of it. I always like to look at Webster's. I want to see what the, what what Daniel Webster said in 1828 in his dictionary, and he said that discipline is to instruct or educate, to inform the mind, to prepare by instructing in correct principles and habits. The modern definition says train oneself to do something in a controlled and habitual way. Discipline is very much tied to habits. And we don't just want to break bad habits. We want to replace them with good habits. So where do we begin with this idea of training ourselves to do things in a controlled and habitual way? Well, first, we need to check our tuning. If you listen to my series, Living Life in Tune, you know that I look at a guitar and I look at the six strings and I say, I want, I want this guitar to stay in tune. Uh, while I'm playing songs, so therefore I've got to constantly check the tuning because if I'm playing it, if I'm bending the strings, surely they're going to go out of tune from time to time. And I assign a sphere of life. You can do this any way that you want, but I look at the six strings as six spheres of life and ask myself, am I in tune in these six spheres? I, I use faith, fitness, family, finance, friendships, and field of endeavor. And I examine those areas on a regular basis. You know, Socrates said the unexamined life is not worth living. So I look at faith and I ask myself, am I living with peace and joy and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? That's the fruit of the Spirit. Is that what's coming out of my life? And if not, then that, that's the area where I need to apply more discipline. Fitness. Well, what do the scales say? What does the doctor say? What do the test results say? How am I feeling? What's my emotional fitness at? How are my how are my moods and attitudes? Am I depressed? Am I lethargic? Then maybe I need to pay attention to those things. I know right now, man, my discipline needs to be applied hardcore to my fitness. It is so hard to stay fit on the road. I mean, to keep a routine, go any kind of routine when you're constantly moving. And so I know that's an area where I, I put on some pounds and I've got to get back on the horse and I've got to get back in shape. So that's going to take uh, preference over a lot of other areas of my life. There's a book called um, The One Thing. I can't remember the author, but he says, 
when he looks at a day, there's a lot of to-do things that you can write down. I got a to-do list that's probably got at least 50 things on it that I'm trying to get taken care of while we're off the road. But I got to look at that and from that draw my daily to-do list. And even in that to-do list, I've got to say, okay, what's the one thing that if I get this one thing done today, today is a win. I want to get more done, but I got to get this one thing done. And for me, I know it's fitness. If I don't work out, I failed the day. That's it. That's how I, I kind of look at uh, look at getting things in tune. Um, family is is that other sphere. How am I how am I my, how am I and my wife getting along? You know, are we snapping at each other? Are we irritable toward each other? Do we need a date night? You know, do we we, we need to pay attention to that? Um, finances. That's a pretty easy one to tell if it's in tune or not. What's the bank account look like? You know, um, you may need adjustment. You know, back in the days when I was a cop, I was giving as much time as I could to volunteer ministry at my church, and it was bearing fruit. It was productive. I was discovering talents and abilities, developing relationships. It was going awesome, but we were hurting financially. We were falling off the rails all over the place financially, barely making ends meet. I eventually realized this area needs attention, and I had to put down a lot of volunteer ministry so that I could go work a lot of part-time as a police officer and get my finances in order. And I thank God that I did that because it positioned us to later enter ministry full-time. Friendships. You know, uh, Proverbs 18.1, the New Living Translation says, unfriendly people care only about themselves. They lash out at common sense. Do I need to pay attention to friendships? Do I, you know, I'm a guy that does not like to talk on the phone. Let me just say it. And part of the reason is because I'm too flippin' talkative. I will keep a conversation going and easily, there are certain calls I know they represent a minimum of an hour on the phone. I need to probably develop some discipline there. Um, but because of the enormity of the task, sometimes I put it off. But let me tell you, whenever I finally do make those friendship calls or those friendship visits, I take time out of all my things I have to do, and I go spend time with people, with friends. I walk away feeling new vigor, new life. So glad I did it. And then field of endeavor, another area we need to ask ourselves, is this an area that needs to be you know, tuned up? An area where I need to develop new habits, where I need to apply discipline to? That's your profession. Am I advancing? What do my performance reviews say if you work for someone? Uh, am I spending my time wisely? You know, as a musicianary, I like to call myself a musicianary, um, I can give a lot, that's being a missionary and a musician. I can get those out of balance. And usually it's spending too much time studying, reading, um, and not enough time applied to the music, which is very central um, to our effectiveness in prisons. Plain and simple, we bring a superior show. Um, I shouldn't say superior. Let's just say above mediocre. I know that. And it, it gains traction and, and gives us real estate in the minds. If we can get through the ears, we can get to the minds and the hearts. And so I know that the music has to be, what's the word I'm looking for? Exceptional, beyond expectation. And I can easily you know, give too much time to the, the message and not enough time to the music. And they go hand in hand, at least what God's called us to do. So the beautiful thing about walking with the Lord is that we have an internal tuner, don't we? We can plug in to this tuner through worship, 
time in the presence of the Lord through prayer, through study, through listening to preaching and teaching, which is really important. You know, we don't like when that preacher steps on our toes, but he's God's servant, a steward of our soul, and God will use that preaching to discipline us. You know, Hebrews, Hebrews 12 says, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Yeah, I encourage you to read that whole passage, Hebrews 12, 6 through 11. But at the end of it, it says, For the at the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And when it, it says the Lord disciplines us, that word in the Greek means to train children, to chasten, to correct. We need that kind of discipline. Often God uses mentors, preachers, teachers, coaches. We, we call Tom Brady, a lot of people do, the greatest of all time. He wouldn't be considered the greatest of all time. He wouldn't have, what is it, seven Super Bowl rings if he had not submitted to his coaches. I hope that maybe I'm a little bit of that coaching process for you and, uh, you know, trigger some thoughts and, and help you stay the course. That's what a coach is trying to do is pull out the potential and help uh, that player or that person they're coaching stay the course. So... Let's look at four ways of developing life-giving habits through discipline, training, learning. The first is don't throw stones at yourself, all right? Let's remember that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Condemnation doesn't come from the Lord, never does. Romans 8 says there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Um, John 3 says... Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. And I may be taking that a little out of context, but just understand the heart of God is never to condemn us. Bill Belichick didn't spend time condemning Tom Brady for his mistakes, but rather drawing him. The Holy Spirit draws us through conviction. And it doesn't mean we're not hard on ourselves to improve, but the problem with condemnation, feelings of condemnation, is that these feelings can lead to despair, which leads to a why-try attitude. I'm sort of a perfectionist in some things. Um, I, I, hate, I hate getting things wrong, don't you? Um, we hate, well, don't you hate when you're in traffic and you, you know you made the mistake, you cut somebody off and they honk the horn at you and flip you off or whatever? You get mad at them. But you're the one that made the mistake. We don't like to be wrong, do we? We don't like to get pulled over by cops because we don't like to be wrong. I don't like to get a test, a, a question wrong on a test. I'm hard on myself on those things. Uh, I hate hitting a bad note when I'm playing a song. Most musicians do. I, I take comfort in the words of Dweezil Zappa, the son of Frank Zappa, who said, we're always only one note away from the right one. <laughs> and so I learned to adapt and overcome. I don't surrender to a why try attitude. I can't get it right, so why try? You know, we're never going to get it all right. We're never going to be all perfect in every area of our life. We're going to have to adapt and overcome. You know, when it comes to the lead solos on, uh, this is an illustration, when it comes to the lead solos on songs that I wrote and solos that I wrote, man, I hate to uh, fall off the rails on that and, and not play it the way that I, I wrote it. But it happens. 
And so what do I do? Stop the song? We play the tracks a lot now, so I can't look at the other musician and act like it was their mistake. I've got to adapt and overcome. And so I've learned to improvise. It doesn't mean I don't go back and and you know try to get better at it, but I, I realize that most people don't even notice those mistakes, and they, they get just as blessed. And sometimes I discover something new when I adapt and overcome. So don't throw stones at yourself. That can lead to an attitude of despair. You try to go on a diet. You try to get a workout program going. You fall off one day, two day, and then you end up just saying, why try? Which leads me to my second point. We develop life-giving habits by asking the Lord for patience. Patience is a topic all by itself. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Patience is a characteristic of our Father. Patience is an act of love, right? Love is patient, it says in uh, 1 Corinthians 13. We are not just to be patient with others. We need to be patient with ourselves, realizing that consistency is intensity. Sometimes our quest for instant gratification can draw us off the rails. We can just give up because we can't get the results we want right now. And we got to realize that intensity is consistency. If we will stay consistent in an area that we're trying to improve in, we're trying to develop good habits in, there will come a threshold that we cross where we start to see breakthrough, but that's usually not early on. Sometimes you'll get a brief win here or there, but you just keep swinging that hammer at the rock, and sooner or later, it will break. There's a book. I'll call it a great book. That means it's a book that I've got a lot of notes and highlights in, and it's a book that I will refer to over and over and have since I bought it a couple of years ago. It's a book called, well, I'll give you the whole title, Atomic Habits, An Easy and Proven Way to Build Good Habits and Break Bad Ones by James Clear. Oh, there's so much in that book. Um, it's not something that you can just digest the whole book and walk away from it. It's one you're going to go back and read a certain section of uh, because we're always going to be trying to break bad habits and start new habits and discipline ourselves to improve, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. And so in the book, um, he talks about a scientific, this doesn't, doesn't seem super scientific to me, but it's a, it's a cool illustration. Take an ice cube out of the freezer. Put it on the counter in room temperature. It will stay frosty for a few moments, maybe just a couple of moments. But eventually that frost will turn into uh, a shiny glaze of water on top of the ice cube, won't it? Breakthroughs starting to happen. A threshold was hit where the ice cube begins to transform from a solid into a liquid. And now if we take it and put it right back in the freezer after a couple of minutes, we won't see that. And so if we'll stay consistent with our habit, that new habit we're trying to develop, um, we will see what, what Darren Hardy calls uh, the compound effect, another good book. There will come a time when we break that threshold and we start to see results. And most of us, we give up too early. We don't have the patient patience to stay consistent. I hope you're getting something out of this. Uh, fitness goals is a great example. You know, for me, I I, I want to drop 15 pounds. Man, I put weight on on the road. I, You know what I did? I 
I got to a place where I can't really, I can run on treadmills. You don't need to know all this, but it's an illustration for my life and an area where I know uh, it. Need, this is out of tune. Uh, other things are going well, um, but this is out of tune. Fitness is out of tune. And I feel it. And, you know, when I when I draw those six spheres out, I always put fitness second. Because if I'm not physically and emotionally fit, then I'm not going to be good at other things. I'm not going to be good. If I don't feel good about myself, then I'm not going to feel good uh, when it comes to dealing with my family and my finances, my field of endeavor, my friendships, all that. Man, I can tell you, listen, I've been in shape and out of shape many times in my life. And in shape is way better. It's not about trying to look like a Roman god and have a body. I'm never going to I'm 58 years old, man. Come on. It's about how I feel, you know, emotionally, how I feel, physically, how I feel. We had to unload our RV completely because it's going in the shop when we got home. My driveway is uh, at least a 45-degree driveway, and both it was just Susan and I to unload that thing, all the gear, all the clothes, all the food, everything in it. Let me tell you, my bell was rung. Dude, you haven't worked out a good workout in a month. And do I feel it? Oh, my goodness. So my one thing that I must accomplish every day for the next few months is I must get my workout in and really try to develop a system, which is my next point. But this is an area where we're not patient enough sometimes. Now, I have been blessed by going through two different police academies, and learning it can be done, that I, I can push myself harder than I think. And true, you know, God forbid the Lord could take me home through a heart attack on a treadmill. That's a risk I'm going to take. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I feel better. I'm more active, uh, more vigorous to get everything else done if I'm in shape. I, I feel the conviction falling on some people right now <laughs> because it is an area we as Americans especially struggle with. And so uh, we can start the new year off, or I could start off this this you know new season of paying attention to fitness, and all of a sudden uh, I miss a day uh, that, uh, that I was supposed to work out, and I fail, and I'm not patient with myself, and realize that that consistency is intensity. Get back up and keep moving, even if you don't get in your 30 minute jog, take a 30 minute walk. You know, call somebody on the phone while you're walking, whatever, but stay consistent. You know, sometimes we'll see results early in our, our quest for physical fitness. We'll see a couple of pounds fall off the scale, and then it seems like that thing just does not move. The ice cube will not melt. But if we'll stay consistent, it will it will happen. I've seen it over and over in my life. I've gone up and down 15, 20 pounds at least. I have a dozen times in my life. So it will happen. Um, the third uh, way to develop uh, life-giving habits through discipline is that we, we develop systems, uh, not we focus on developing systems, not just achieving goals. We focus on developing systems that will lead to the achievement of goals. And by that, I mean systems of discipline require me to pay attention to environments, all right. I know I have at least three environments in my house, it, my recliner, my office, and my studio. Those are three 
environments that cue certain responses. My recliner, I used to get up in the morning and, you know, my, my ritual, go to the bathroom, turn on the coffee maker, open the blinds, turn on the kitchen lights, uh, sit in my recliner, do my devotions, and drink my coffee. Well, I found out that sometimes I might doze back off. My recliner is associated with relaxation. It's associated with watching TV. And so I realized that I, I've got to cue myself that it's time to go to work. And so now I do, for the last few years, I go to my office to do my, my devotions because that lends itself to study. It's that environment. My studio, it, it, you know, it's the really, other than the master bedroom, the biggest bedroom in the house. And my wife has insisted that I move my books and my study stuff in here and kind of have a dual study studio. And I said, nope. Even though I would like to use the room for the study because my office environment is pretty small, uh, this music room is a music room. Everything in here, 99% at least, of everything in here has to do with music. So when I come in here, other than the podcast, that's why I said 99%, I have my podcast set up in here, uh, but that's it. When I come in here, I'm either working on my podcast or I'm working on uh, something creative, some uh, music, obviously. Um, we have a rehearsal space set up in here. So you get my point. Environment matters when it comes to systems. Certain people, places, and things can cue bad habits or good habits. And so pay attention to those uh, cues. You know, if your phone, for example, I know, and I finally started it again, I, I fell off the rails here, checking my email first thing in the morning, scrolling through social media, looking at the news first thing in the morning. You know, that's what we've seen for years on TV, right, is people get up and they drink their coffee at the table and they read the newspaper. Boo. That's not the most important thing I want to get done today. So you know what? It is currently 10.20 a.m. I've been up since 6.10 a.m. And my phone is in my bedroom beside my bed on the charger where I left it last night. I haven't even glanced at it. And I have not looked at my email or any of that stuff. And I know I've got to get my discipline on there again because th those kind of things can cue negative responses. I hope I'm making sense here. Systems of d discipline require advanced planning. All right. So if you're planning to start a, a routine of working out and exercising, I've heard it said over and over, put your workout clothes out where you see them when you get up in the morning, you know, so that it triggers that immediately. That's what I'm doing. Um, plan your week in advance. Plan your day in advance. This is what I'm going to do. And of course, things are going to interrupt. Things are going to happen adapt and overcome. You know, there, it, there's a book called Women Are Like Spaghetti, Men Are Like Waffles. I might have got that backwards. Men are like waffles, women are like spaghetti. And I won't say that across the board. Somebody will accuse me of being sexist. But my wife can, she's like spaghetti. All the noodles touch each other. She can operate in multiple things, have multiple conversations going on all at the same time, just in a bunch of different directions. I can slip into that sometimes, but I'm the guy that's like the waffle, where when you pour the syrup, it goes into one block at a time and then makes its way into the other blocks. I've got to focus on this thing right now. And, uh, and so I plan like that. This is when I do this. And I try to stick to that plan knowing 
that uh, I may have to adapt and overcome over the, over, over the course of the day or the week. Things are going to happen. I feel like I'm talking really fast because I have a lot I want to say, and I know a lot of you guys don't want it to be longer than 30 minutes, and uh, I try to stay close to that. But here's the last one, uh, a way of developing life-giving habits through discipline. Let's, let's review. Don't, don't throw stones at yourself. Okay, no condemnation in Christ. Be patient with yourself uh, and then focus on developing systems that will lead to the achievement of your goals, not just the goals. And then the last one is establish your identity, then make your habits line up with that identity. You know, I'm a follower of Christ. Therefore, I love others, plain and simple. It's what I'm called to do. I resist sin. I value myself. Because God values me. I steward the potential God has blessed me with. Okay, that, that's an easy one. But when it comes to our field of endeavor or, you know, our fitness, for example, um, I'm not a runner in, in the idea of I don't run 5Ks. Uh, I, don't, I don't run in marathons. But I am a runner. Because I, I do, uh, you know, get on the treadmill. I, I don't run on the street very often anymore because it makes my knee act up. But I have to go, I'm a runner, therefore I run. I'm a musician, therefore I develop routines and habits that improve my craft. I'm a songwriter, therefore I write songs. I spend time, I block out time to write songs. I develop the habit of writing songs. I don't sit around and wait for inspiration. I realize that, you know, if... Man, you you write a lot of trash before finally a nugget comes out in five minutes. We'd like that five-minute song to be pop out every time, but it doesn't. So I have to apply myself and develop my habits around, discipline myself around spending time with my instrument, spending time writing songs, writing lyrics, and knowing that, you know, 95% of it or more is just going to be, you know, junk, Or but it, it produces ideas that may lead to the one that I think is decent. And so I hope, I hope that that helps as we talk about this idea of discipline and developing uh, good habits. Probably could have devoted a whole series just to discipline, but I do want to talk about diligence, which goes hand in hand, and decision-making, because many of us, uh, we suffer paralysis by analysis. We talk a lot, but we don't do. We don't make the decision, self-included. I mean, I, I will search reviews and for every little thing, I'll spend too much time making decisions on trivial things. Um, so anyway, I'm over the 30-minute mark. I hope that helped. God bless you. Have a great week. Stay tuned for episode two on diligence. I want to remind you that we're a completely donor-funded ministry. You can learn more about Life on the Verge at lifeontheverge.com. You can hear more of our music at theplunders.com or on any streaming service.